What's up, you'll hear it. Hey, this is Bob Deboo, the host of the Upright Citizens podcast. Got a question for you. How would you like to get inside the mind of one of the most recorded musicians of all time? Well, here's your chance. The legendary bassist Ron Carter will join the Open Studio community on June 14th for an exclusive one-time-only live mentor session. You don't want to miss this. To learn the secrets to the maestro's iconic sound, gain insights to his unique musical mind in real time, pick his brain on his illustrious career, and get answers that'll propel your music to new heights. Join today and unlock your free 14-day trial at openstudiojazz.com. Then you'll be able to not only join the maestro in this exclusive conversation, but dig into his brilliant course, Blueprint for Jazz Bass, and so much more. So sign up now. Peace. Hey, Peter. Yep. What's the prettiest note? Um, D. I'm Adam Ennis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Coming at you. And today's episode of the You'll Hear It podcast is sponsored by the Oxford American. The Oxford American is a magazine dedicated to documenting the complexity and vitality of the American South. Its award-winning annual music issue comes with a CD sampler and digital download. It's a must-have for any serious music fan. Recent issues have featured Nina Simone, Thelonious Monk, John Cage and John Coltrane. Visit OxfordAmerican.org slash YHI today. That's OxfordAmerican.org forward slash YHI. YHI is, and you'll hear it, and you get yes. a great deal with that uh, little little code there. That's right. Jump on that because it's not happening forever. No. They are our charter sponsors, and this is a charter offer, my friend. And they've been awesome. And I've so enjoyed you know, having the magazine around the office, having yep. it at home, and, and checking out all the amazing writing about one of the most important cultural touchstones that is so relevant to us and to, I think, our listeners. So it's been been awesome. And Adam, you've been looking smarter. And I just realized I could probably attribute that to your close association with the Oxford American, your reading it, the way you hold your coffee, mm. your whole con- continence is... Pinkies up. Pinkies up. Pinkies up. It's just smarter. And big shout out to Oxford American for sending us these. What happened to your hat? Did you get one too? I Not. only wear uh, oh, uh, these wool hats. Waldo yeah. hat. Yeah. But only up until like July or August. <laughs> okay, got it. You know, I'm not really a hat guy, but for the Oxford American today, I definitely am. So, Cool. What are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about something that we call Root Shell Pretty. And that's root why Shell we're talking Pretty! About. And by the way, yeah. D, that's a great choice. That is a pretty note. <laughs> I mean, you kind of caught me off guard with that question. I'm like, I didn't want to go C because C is so like plain, but plain, I want to be all Jane like C. B sharp. Yeah, no, no. D so is a very deep. beautiful note. But uh, Root Shell Pretty. So you uh, wrote a great blog post a couple weeks ago called Five Easy Jazz Piano Chords that sound great. Yeah. Now that is a <laughs> heck of a title there, buddy. <laughs> well, it's, I don't want to oversell it, but I don't want to undersell Five it. Five <laughs> easy jazz piano chords that sound great. We're going to uh, include the link to the blog. It actually is a really good blog. You know, we talk about this concept, Root Shell Pretty. I think we've talked about this concept for years, but you finally named it Root Shell Pretty. And I, I thought, thought you named it. <laughs> well, I, I kind of like solidified that, but you were like Root Shell Pretty. That's what we're calling yeah, it. Yeah, maybe I came up with the, that, but you came up with the concept 
of root. I mean, I'm always talking about root and shell, not just me, obviously a lot of people, but I kind of said that, well, if we base on the root shell and you, and you were like, yeah. And then we add some pretty notes. I was like, Oh snap. There well, it is. I didn't invent this by any means. This is used by a lot of, a lot of jazz pianists and, and, but it's so easy to see a good voicing. If you have the root and shell in your left hand and you add some pretty notes in the right hand. Yeah. So anyway, so we released this blog post. It's been pretty popular so far. It's gotten yep. a lot of traction and then we got, and it's on, I, I don't know if we've talked about this enough or even if we've mentioned it because it's been a little bit of a soft launch i would say Definitely. we have a new we have a new blog that accompanies the you'll hear it podcast yeah right? you'll hear it.com is now podcast slash blog and there's honestly way too much good information that we're giving away for yeah. free up there it is so cool to should have we start taking stuff down we probably should yeah. or at yeah. least like putting up some kind of paywall <laughs> did anybody do that besides the new york times anymore <laughs> i don't think so because <laughs> it doesn't work but anyway go check it out on, on our blog there's so much good stuff including root shell pretty that's you'll hear it.com we'll also include a link here in the description um but we started getting some questions about it to kind of go deeper so this one is from mike and mike says hey guys i'm a saxophonist working on improving my understanding of harmony at the piano good on you mike yep the, the episodes on voicings have helped me uh, start advancing beyond octaves in the left root third fifth seventh in the right boo <laughs> uh, but as i try to implement the root shell pretty style for example i'm never sure what specific extensions to use it seems like the shell is almost always strictly defined by the chord major minor dominant but how should I decide between the flat, natural, sharp ninth, eleventh, and or thirteenth? I'm guessing voice leading has a lot to do with it. But are 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 there any particular rules or guidelines to determine which of those extensions to use and how to alter them? Keep up the great work. Appreciate the lessons and advice. Seven stars. That's an important part of it. Of Seven course. That, that's how you get your question on the podcast. <laughs> this is a great question. Yeah. You know, we have First of all, nothing is off limits when it comes to pretty notes or whatever. If you can make it work and it works for oh yeah, things are off limits. The ugly notes, <laughs> of course. But but there are some, there are they're not strict guidelines, but there right. are some guidelines, and it usually has to do with what is the quality of the chord. Yeah, right. There are there are some sort of rules, quote unquote, that are generally followed, or at least help you to get a sound when you don't know what you're doing. Well, you know? I think the only really strict rule that doesn't have an exception, at least. Um, is that it sounds good. That's right. I mean, and that sounds, you know, uh, obvious, but yeah. for some reason it isn't because some people approach these kind of basic voicings, I, I think, uh, a little too theoretically um, and a little bit too much from that, that root position. So you have to understand the concept of the theory of it first and play these things in root position. And what happens is you're starting from a place where it's not a very pleasing, jazzy sound. I never thought I would say pleasing jazzy sound but now there i said it you know but i mean really just something that's that sounds good something can be simple and, and basic and sound good yeah you know we're big believers in that and so i think when we started coming up with this uh this concept it was and, and we're definitely gearing this towards beginners i think it's really good for uh reviewing too and building up some some voicings and being able to hear something good for non-pianists too very good for non-pianists for you for you vocalists for you instrumentalists for you drummers out there that want to you know you know a little bit of basic piano but you want to play some stuff that sounds good that's not you know you know why and so when we started looking at these this other information available on the so-called internet so-called or, or, or i should say this so-called information available say, the internet's pretty well established at this point bro <laughs> right well some so-called good information Come which on. there was very little it's always explaining you know what these chords are like who cares yeah. really i mean yeah of course it's interesting to know that but we come more from the place of like let's give something that's easy that you can play very much uh you know right from the beginning that sounds good and, and it's useful 
and is useful, right? And another principle to this, Mike, that I will say that is you always preach this, which I think is very important, is a voicing doesn't exist in a vacuum. Can I get an amen from, you know what from I mean? the congregation? The context of what happened before and what's happening after for yeah. every single voicing is super important. And we get into that like in the at the bottom of the blog post. This is this is very beginner level. Yeah. But we but we did want to hit on that. And so with the little um the on the how to practice section. Um, we, we, we do some kind of voice leading stuff, but I think at the beginning, you know, you're just trying to go for a good chord right. on, for each of these just, different types. Just to get this sound. Well, yeah. let's, let's start with the, with a major chord. Okay. So here's, here's an example of how the context matters. If the major chord is a one chord, yeah. uh, a, a good root shell pretty, vo- pretty voicing is you have the root and shell in the left hand. That's C, E, and B, and an easy pretty voicing especially if it's the one is yeah. d and g right yeah. exactly i like yeah. it but let's say that same chord is in the context uh, in the key of g mm-hmm. right that works to have that cup over to that have one. that g on top <laughs> but instead of having the fifth on top no we're going to still say on the c major seven but now we're in oh. the key of g so now the c is not a one it's a four oh, okay gotcha. uh you can add very easily the f sharp on top the sharp 11 Right? So go from G to that, from G major 7 to that. Same key sounds really, really good. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So having that sharp left, I mean, you could use it as a, as a, as a tonic chord too, as a 1-2, but sure. it's more in context that sharp 11 fits perfectly as a 4 chord as that Lydian sound. So that's what I'm talking about, Mike, when I talk about context. And that's yeah. one clue that you could have, you know, that F sharp is in the key of G. Right. So if it's a four chord in the major seven, feel free to use that sharp 11 most of the time. Right. You know, if it's a one chord, it's a little trickier, not trickier, but it's more of a, I'm making a strong decision about Right. This, Maybe the I mean? melody or something with the improv or somebody's playing something that. Yeah. So what let's go back to what we listed as chord one, which is actually that one yep. in the blog post, but well, you know, major seventh and root shell yep. pretty. I think, you know, some of the things that we can think about are if we were to play, I mean, this is basically a C major nine. We put C major seven yeah. because we didn't want to get too fussy about the extensions yet. Yep. Um, but if you think about root position, it's a little bit, I mean, it's I, but it's, I mean, do we ever play that? No, it's no. not an interesting voicing. No. <laughs> so it's a disinterested voicing, you would yeah. say. I mean, it's as basic as you can get. But it's so, I mean, it's so close to this. In fact, all we're doing is moving yeah. the G up. But yeah. it's, what a different sound, though. It's completely different. Yeah. yeah. And I think because you've got the, you know, if you do want to dig into some of the theory, I think it's more useful to think about, like, why it sounds good. you got this G major triad first inversion at the top of it. Yeah. And then you've also got, I was going to say two fourths, but you only got one. That's okay. you got a perfect fourth on top, which That's is right. fun. But the idea with this is that... You know, you start learning these in different keys, maybe. Yeah. Is that going to kill them? No, it's not going to kill them. Go, but but um, maybe we should talk about options too. What are what are usually the pretty notes? Okay. You know what I mean on a major chord? Why well, we didn't give him a lot of options in the blog post? Well, no, but so he's asking know. for more for more, uh, more to go options. deeper, right? Yeah, gotcha. So in general, the pretty notes would could be the fifth, the yep. ninth, the eleventh, and the thirteenth. Yep. Right. Those yep. are those are options on every chord, and just the context matters. Then after yep. that flatting and, and sharpening whatever and we'll get into that in a little bit but that's i just wanted to make sure that was said so no matter what you do if you do root and shell which is the shell is the third and seventh root and the third and seventh in the left hand you can add a comp- combination of any of those voicings yeah or any of those those um extensions fifth nine eleven 
or 13. Yeah, and I think that the you know the the biggest thing that gets you away from the very basic still five note voicings is what we're talking about um, is the question of if you're gonna like everything that we delineated in this blog post I believe is root and shell in the left hand with the root on the bottom. Yeah. So it's all within an octave. There's no tense or anything. I don't think we had. No. So that really. Um, establishes that all your pretty notes are going to be in the right hand. That's right. But if you want to start looking at some things that conceptually are not that much more complicated, just think about the shell being inverted. And even if you're not doing it in one hand, so you're going to go root and shell between the two hands. So you got B and E. Mm -hmm. And then you could take those same two notes you were using, the mm -hmm. fifth and the ninth, and put them up. And we're spreading it out more, right? Yeah. yeah That's yeah. a nice sound, too. Also, as opposed if, to that, if you thought the fifth was boring, you could do the thirteenth. So you have a C major thirteenth with that voice, common voicing. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's like a six nine, right? No, I that's thought. a that's a thirteenth. That's a thirteenth. Why? Because there's the seventh. Ah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. I was just testing you. You passed. <laughs> I was testing myself. I failed. <laughs> so if I didn't have the seventh, that would be six nine. Exactly. Really? I never knew. Yeah, that. yeah. So yeah. You've, uh, I you literally never do that. <laughs> you haven't obviously read my my whole blog post on available at youllhear.com on the six nine chord. No, I I guess I should. So the six nine, Andrew, is, make a note of, for me to read that, please. <laughs> Thank I'll, you. I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> six nine is used when the when the melody on, is usually the root, right. and you don't want to have that clash of a seventh somewhere below it. You okay, know? perfect example. See, I did not know the theory behind it, but I knew the difference of the sound, and I would use it. So. So I think that's the important thing. It's fun to know the theory if you want to geek out on that. But no you problem. You don't really need that. But yeah, the main thing is to be able to hear the difference and be able to apply them to the correct musical situation. Minor seven chords. Minor seven. What are our options? What are the contexts? So that's chord number two, right? The, the major and the minor are actually pretty easy because there's yeah. only certain things that sound good. And we just we just came up with one because we wanted to s simplify things. Uh, we love to simplify and isolate here at the You'll Hear podcast here at Open Studio. It's been a theme from the beginning. Here in our lives. Yep. With my chores at home, I like to simplify and isolate. I was just telling my wife that. She's like, can you do this, this, and this? I was like, no. Honey, I want to, I have to <laughs> simplify and isolate. So isolate one thing for me to do today. Okay, I'm going to take the garbage out and I'm going to go. <laughs> right. Recycling tomorrow. Okay. So for the minor seventh, we could have done really the same thing. Just, just. Could have. Yeah. Could do. But we wanted to start to look at some other options. So we went root shell in the left hand. Yeah. C, E flat, B flat in this case. And then the ninth. And then for the top pretty note, we went. Yeah. Eleventh. Eleventh. Root shell pretty. You know what one of my favorite is? Even prettier? Add the 13th on top of this. Oh, come on. Is that even legal? Ooh, that's yeah, pretty. That's pretty. So here I think you really start to hear that B-flat major triad because it's root position. And then, and we were dogging out, you know, root position, major seventh. But when you have them stacked on top, what, what is that? Uh, different context. What did Jeff Keezer Funky stacks of hipness That's or right. That's exactly <laughs> what that, that is. Yeah. This is a basic version of that. That's good. Okay, so now we're on to dominant chords. Now, options abound. Yes, and why is that? Because dominant chords are there to create tension. Exactly. And so the, more, the, the way that you can, one way that you can add tension, well, there, there's an inherent tension to them because they're unstable, wanting to kind of move somewhere, usually, except yep. for maybe in the blues context. But the way to add, to, to add uh, tension is by adding alterations. That's right. Because so, they want, feel like they want to lead somewhere. I'm glad you brought up the blues context. Yep. So in general... Mike, in a blues context, if you're playing a B-flat blues, you're not going to go in with the first chord B-flat 7, flat 9. No. That's not happening. It, I mean, you can make that work, but it, it's... My mama done told me. Not no, going to happen. No, not you want to just do a straight 7, 9, 13 situation. 
Now here we can get away with a little more root position, Bob, huh? Except not on the key station. But play 49. a B flat. Play B flat seven thirteen. Right. A little hipper. Little hipper. Man, it's hard to make the key station sound. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so that's that's if it's a, a one chord. Now, what if the dominant chord is a five chord, which is what they're most often used as? Right. So they want to go somewhere. Now we're gonna get. Now we get to like chord four. Yeah. For instance, dominant seventh with the sharp eleven. Right. Man, I love a dominant seventh with a sharp eleven. And where does that want to go? Or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can be used as a dominant chord. Yep. Can be used also as a tonic chord. Can be used as a Lydian dominant, like a four. Yeah. Seven. Another thing is like these can, they don't have to always resolve to the one as a five. They can be like can resolve to something with a little less tension. Yeah. Maybe on a blues, you know. They're also, also uh, like a two chord. Like if you have like a, if you're in the key Southern of the two. Yeah, yeah. A flat, right? And you do the five of five. Instead of a B flat minor seven, you could do a B flat seven sharp yep. eleven. It sounds yep. great. Okay, so one rule as far as flat nine sharp nine goes, I think flat nines are are used more, and this is not hard and fast, but flat nine is used more going towards. Isn't a, a rule hard and fast by its very nature? No, no, no. Okay, but, but in general, okay, <laughs> the the flat nine sound can go to, and this is like a half hole diminished sound. The flat nine sound goes to a major, a major chord. Yeah. Right, and that. Sharp nine flat thirteen, that altered sound goes more towards a minor chord, right? Because it's it's yeah more common tones. Yep. So that I mean that's and again you can do either to both because it's fine. But in general, yeah. Like if I see a B flat seven flat nine, yeah. Uh, ma- like B flat thirteen flat nine, so I know there's a G in there. That implies major E flat because it's already at the major. Right. Now if I see a B flat altered or B flat sharp nine flat thirteen, yeah. Because of that, that G flat and that D flat, that implies E flat minor. Like how I'm playing the notes as you say them. I appreciate that. Yeah. But you know what I mean? That, yeah, that, yeah. That implies that we're going somewhere else. When I think that perhaps you could think about one way to look at the exceptions to this rule would be when you don't want it to sound as expected. So we're talking about situations where, uh, like w- what you just referred to as kind of a natural, and maybe it keeps moving, but yeah. sometimes you want it to be... Yeah, yes. whoa. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. but if you do that all the time, it just sounds ridiculous. But I'm saying just in general, yeah. those are the two kind of guidelines that mm-hmm. people often use. So again, uh, for dominant seven, if it's a flat nine, major 13 kind of situation, right? It's usually going to a major, usually. If it's like an altered sound, it's used a lot in minor. So if you wanted to write, you know, if you're, if you're playing a tune like softly as in the morning sunrise, mm-hmm. playing a D half diminished to a... A G G thirteen flat nine, yeah. you know, with the E, it's not not as common. Yeah, going to going back to a C. That minor. yeah, that would add in a, a different kind of tension, almost like a angular kind of. Because you're adding that grading. major third to the situation, yeah. right? In the key of C minor, you're adding yeah. an E. And yeah, exactly. And you just want to be, and it would be the same thing if you went to the two. Right. It would be, yeah. Exactly. If you went to a Dorian sound on the D, it'd be the same kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, so thank you for the question, uh, Mike. Right. Was that Mike? That was Mike. Mike. Hey, good job on the M audio today, man. Man, you know what? These little keys feel like crap. Crizap, you know, <laughs> but we do what we can. Um, check out the blog post at you'll hear it.com. I just remember we actually did a little video on this 
Five Easy Jazz. That's getting a little noise over on the on the YouTube. So there's a link. Well, there's an it's, embed. It's picking up traction. We're gonna put a link to that. Andrew, put a link to the six nine chord and just mail it to Peter. Yeah, <laughs> and just yeah, exactly. Please. And then um, that's a joke. But the thing about this too is no, it's not. <laughs> uh, Five Easy Jazz piano chords that sound great. The idea with this was that we would. Um, we're really trying to be honest, counteract some of the garbage that's out here when people go to look for basic jazz piano chords, Man, and stuff, all they give them is stuff for beginners is so shoddy. Like you don't have to be just starting out learning this and learn the, the crappy I know, way of things. I know. Yeah. I know. Our thing is like we want to we want to meet you at the level you're at, but but it, it this stuff does not need to be that hard. Yeah. You're not gonna be. We can't we can't teach you how to play like Herbie Hancock today, but we can teach you. I mean, Herbie Hancock plays this. He just goes and plays a bunch of other stuff too, but I mean, Herbie Hancock does not play this. Keith I mean, Jarrett does. <laughs> Sorry, Herbie could play that; it would sound amazing. That's He'd true. figure That's out a true. way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, for a limited time, you'll hear our listeners can subscribe to the Oxford American for only twenty five dollars. Visit oxfordamerican.org forward slash yhi to subscribe today. Twenty five bucks is a That's really a good, good deal. deal. That's a yearly subscription. I mean, we buy books for twenty five, and, and each one of those court of these quarterly beautiful magazines is is a book unto its own, and it's like eighteen bucks at the airport. Right. I've bought plus tax. Right. Plus tax. You get all four. Is this twenty five plus tax? Or? No, beautiful I think it's photography. Yeah, including well, shipping. Including shipping. Including shipping. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, again, go to Oxford american.org forward slash yhi for that deal and look oxfordamerican.org that tells you a lot you don't just get to be an org just because you want to believe me we tried <laughs> they didn't let us <laughs> also uh we have a, a outro music today from jim reed mm. uh, it's his version of baya uh if you want Could to you hear your music on the you'll hear it podcast send your track to andrew at openstudionetwork.com.org no, it's not. To see, if we weren't allowed to do that. Is this? Let's find out. All right, Andrew, give it a go. You'll hear it.